feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. So the big question is, what is Alvin Bragg planning to do on Monday? Everybody is wondering because, of course, the grand jury took a pause for two days this week. And there are reports that it may reconvene on Monday. But that seems to be the case every day. It's like, okay, we're going to reconvene the next day. And then it doesn't happen. So where do you think this is headed? Clearly, it is a war of words now between Donald Trump And definitely Alvin Bragg, the New York D.A. Just a little bit ago, Trump kind of came out swinging in an interview, basically saying it is a weaponization of our justice system. He also said, it's fine with me because we have them caught. It is a disgrace. You see how they are imploding, you know, referring to the Democrats and Alvin Bragg. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. And they got caught. So did they get caught? And do you think that now Alvin Bragg is somehow going to try to figure out a way to save face and get out of this case? Maybe he takes it to a vote next week. Maybe they decide to do, quote, a no true bill. In other words, they don't indict him. Maybe they decide, however, that it's time to really go after Donald Trump. It is a New York grand jury and Alvin Bragg may try to bring in other witnesses to bolster his case so he doesn't have to worry about where the vote is going to go. Or maybe he just kind of slinks away and realizes that things are clearly crazy. This is so over the top. You know, we're going to talk about later on in the show tonight, everybody, some of the problems that are happening. Look at what happened in Syria. There was an Iranian drone strike on a U.S. base there. And we are hearing that maybe... The Iranians, who definitely are arch enemies, shout death to America and death to Israel, that they are two weeks away from getting material for a bomb, and they are months away, just months away, from actually getting a bomb. And because of all of that stuff, you have to believe this is a serious time in the world. There's a lot of adversaries out there who would like to do harm to America. And we've got Alvin Bragg focused on a business deal with Donald Trump, that no DA in this country would ever go after if the last name was not Trump. There is no doubt about it. This is how he's wasting our taxpayer dollars and our focus and our energy just because he's the front runner of the United States. Well, take a listen. Here is Senator Ted Cruz. And he says that now the Democrats are very, very worried because what's happened when all of this came out? Guess what? Donald Trump has raised $1.5 million in the first three days since it came out that he said he was, quote, going to be arrested. So he is reaping in the money because people are going, this is crazy. They're looking at the facts like we all are, and they're saying this is nuts. And this is only going to embolden Donald Trump. So that's what Ted Cruz had to say. And he says, listen, the Democrats, they're getting some, it's going to be uh It's going to be a wish I had never brought this on Donald Trump time. Take a listen. A bunch of Democrats got really nervous that that Alvin Bragg, this left wing 
Soros-supported DA, ironically, if he brought this bogus case and lost in court, which would be the inevitable outcome, Alvin Bragg could end up playing a pivotal role in re-electing Donald Trump as president. I think Democrats are scared out of their mind, and they're telling Bragg to back off, and the fact that he sent the grand jury home is a big victory. I think there's a very real possibility he says, never mind, yeah. and runs away. So is he going to say, never mind, and run away? I'm not so confident of that, you guys, just because I think Alvin Bragg has so much on the line. Maybe he puts it to the jury. Uh, I had Joe Tacopina, John Katsimatidis, and I on our great show, Cats and Cosby, on WABC at 5 o'clock weekdays. We had Joe Tacopina there. And Joe Tacopita said, hey, the best thing that could happen to Bragg right now, given what a crummy case he has, and he knew this from the beginning. This is not any big surprise. It's not like Bob Costello. Uh, obviously, he had some goods, and he brought in the evidence, but clearly Bragg knew it was a bogus case. And if it wasn't Costello, it was going to be somebody else that came in and threw a wrench into his business and totally put a tailspin to the case. But... What he was suggesting, Tacopina, was that maybe it goes to the grand jury and then the grand jury says, "Okay, there's not enough evidence. And then at least Alvin Bragg can tell his base, if you will, his followers that, look, I tried. I went after him, but the jury wouldn't indict. He might do that. He might even just get it voted down with hoping that he's going to have it passed. Or maybe he's just going to go full throttle and just kind of drag it out, drag it out. Because remember, even if it goes to an indictment and then it goes to an arraignment, it's going to be a long time till there's a trial. It's going to be a long time till there's ever a conviction. And I don't think there's going to be a single jury, even in very liberal New York, that would ever convict President Trump. So what's the end game here? What's the strategy? What do you think? I sort of think he's going to try to go for it because I think it would be even too embarrassing for an Alvin Bragg to say, okay, well, guess what? I made a mistake. I shouldn't have brought this, and I'm just going to go away. I don't think so. I think he's too politically ambitious, and I think he has come too far. But some Republicans are reading this whole thing with Costello that maybe it's a good sign that maybe Bragg might be trying to figure out a way out, an escape hatch. Take a listen to what Ted Cruz had to say on that. This potential indictment is an absolute outrage. It is baseless. It is utterly frivolous. And and I think we should be be grateful that, that Alvin Bragg has backed away. I think Bragg may be getting cold feet. So is Alvin Bragg getting cold feet? I mean, he's probably very concerned. He's got to be after that whole thing with Costello. But whether it's to the degree of cold feet where he's thinking, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't bring this case. I don't think we're at that point yet. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Jim on line three. Jim, your thoughts. Uh, how, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Where do you think this is going, Jim? I disagree with Ted Cruz. I don't think Alvin Bragg is going to run away. He's too fat to run. Uh, if you remember, Ouch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ouch. If, if you remember, Bill Cosby had that character, Fat Alvin. Well, here he is. He grew up. Oh, oh, yeah. By the way, you're talking about Fat Albert because yeah, you know right. my last name's Cosby. Well, that's Fat Alvin today, though. He grew up. He changed his name. Oh, we changed it from Albert to Alvin. Now exactly. I see. Yeah, but you know, and, and, and but let me ask you, Jim. Jim, let me ask you though. To your yeah. point about just about him not running away, uh, despite size and weight and all that other stuff, don't you think? I think politically he is too far in. 
Uh, he's trying to make a name for himself, clearly, by going after Trump. He had already decided not to do it. Then he, now he's doing it. Uh, but it would be, I almost see it impossible for him to just say, I'm going to back away. It would be such, it, it is the end of his political career. I think it's the end of his career in many ways, regardless. Wow. But I just think, I think it, it, it would, it would be an admission of a huge mistake. And I don't see this guy doing it. I think that he's helped Trump an awful lot. I think Trump was smart to come out and say that he's going to get arrested, even if he didn't know it was true. He created a lot of publicity for himself. He rallied his supporters, got more supporters. Everybody's angry about this. And and if Trump would just uh, keep cool with his mouth, he would win so much sympathy that he could actually win the general election, not just the primaries. And I think I think the worst thing Trump can do is to call for protest because we don't want to remind we don't want to give them the weapon of comparing anything to January sixth. Democrats are making themselves look bad and I think even independents are saying I sympathize with Trump. It's obvious they're trying to get him all the time. Everything they've been saying about him for years has been phony and a lie and it's starting to show now with this. This is the extreme and it's proving all the other cases were BS. Yeah, and your point about uh, he shouldn't be pushing for protests, I'm all for, by the way, Jim, I am very, very much all for peaceful protests, um, but I'm certainly not for anything that gets out of hand, and I think you're right, it's a mistake to call for protests um, and other comments, too. I think he should just sit back because the case on its merits just looks so bad. He doesn't need to say anything. Like, why provoke anything? People are obviously seeing. I mean, there are liberal people. There are liberal attorneys. There are liberal commentators that are left and right saying it is a bogus case. I mean, we had Andrew Cuomo, by the way, on WABC not that long ago, uh, just a few hours ago. I want to play even Cut 23 because this is Andrew Cuomo, uh, the former governor of New York, uh, you know, a Democrat. And this is what he had to say about the case. Uh, I don't understand uh, why Bragg is putting such emphasis on this case. And also, general caution, you have a cynical public. They don't believe anyone. And when you start to see these prosecutors bringing political cases, it just affirms everybody's cynicism. I don't believe any of this. So even Andrew Cuomo is saying it's a political case. Every attorney I have talked to said, this is a stretch. That's the nicest they can say. The other ones are BS. You know, so why is he doing it? It is over the top. Let's go to Teddy, line one. Ted, your thoughts. Yes, I, I agree with you. Hey, Teddy, come back. Come to the closer to the speaker because it sounds like you're off. Okay. Do you hear me now? Yep, yep, much better. Uh, I appreciate you taking my call. I want to thank you for that. Regardless of my opinions and, and the different viewpoints we have, I respect your your intelligence, and uh, you have your right to uh, to have your viewpoints, even though I totally disagree, and, and I think they're really bad. But that's the way life is. Thank you. And, Ted, by the way, I always appreciate your viewpoints, even if I don't agree with you. Um, and I think they're hogwash sometimes, but I love you, so I appreciate the call. So go ahead. Okay. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned about the protests because I saw on the computer and I showed it to Lenore. I said, Trump is saying, I want you to protest. And he said, he said, this is what he said. There could be violence. And when you see the word violence, people think of January 6th. And that has to be condemned. 
that type of language that he is uttering is reprehensible. And I want people to condemn it. I want BJ and Norm and Dom to condemn that type of language. Your reaction, please? Well, my reaction, thank you very much. Um, My reaction to that, Ted, is he also, I'll add something to what you said, he also threatened death and destruction if he is criminally charged in New York. That I, I agree with you. I don't think that that's a smart thing to do. I don't think it's helpful, and I don't think uh, that keeps things calm. I think people see the case for what it is, which is a bogus case, and I don't think he needs to rile people up. I think people are upset as it is, and most importantly, if you're upset, you go to the voting booth or you peacefully protest, um, you know, or you call your politician or you send a letter saying, I'm not happy with this. I'm going to be looking at you at the voting booth time and decide whether I'm going to vote for you or someone else. Uh, but I agree with you. Things cannot get out of hand. And I think some of the language certainly is not a good thing. There is no question about that, Ted. Now, let me ask you, too. Uh, sure. We agree on that. What about on the merits of the case? Don't you agree? You just heard Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, who was on WABC earlier tonight. Uh, he said, this is political. This is a political case. I mean, don't you agree this is a bogus case? Come on, Ted. Yeah, probably is on, okay. that, on that point. But let me ask you, I, I'm, it's not getting much news about it. What about the rape charge by that woman? I forgot what she did in her past, that she's pursuing this under the New York State sexual abuse law that where they opened up at they have a year to uh, file a claim. Yeah, and by, uh, by the way, I know exactly who you're talking about, and I think that there is a hearing on that case next week. Um, so there's a lot of cases in the hopper. There's that one. There's also, of course, stuff with Georgia. There's stuff with the special prosecutor. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of moving parts, um, which, again, Ted, why would you spend any prosecutor's energy right now on this case, on a business document case and a questionable case that – Anybody. I, and, Ted, if his name wasn't Trump, they wouldn't be going after him. There are other things where people are looking into that I think are potentially much more serious for him. So I think if they look at this right here, why would any prosecutor spend taxpayer money on this? And the question is, too, Ted, if they come back with this one and say they decide, OK, well, either they're going to charge him or if they say, no, we're not going to indict him. Then it looks like, boy, what a waste. It looks like what we think it is, that they were just throwing darts and just going after Trump because they don't like Trump. Uh, I mean, if you're going to go after someone, have something with some meat in it and not politically charged. Otherwise, it is a shame for this country, not just for him and his family, but mostly important for this country. There are too many more serious things to do. But uh, but I'm glad, Ted, you and I agree on a couple things tonight. So that's a, that's a nice Friday night, Ted. Have a great weekend. And we'll continue, everybody, with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, President Trump continues to come out swinging. It should be a very interesting weekend and we'll see what happens come monday morning is a new week time for a new indictment and i wouldn't rule that out whatsoever and president trump seems to think something's coming because he is definitely beefing up the rhetoric against alvin bragg the guy who lets 
basically felons walk all the time in the revolving door of crime in New York. And yet he is spending all his energy, it seems like, going after President Trump for a basically process crime that's barely a misdemeanor at best. And so President Trump in the last day or so has called Alvin Bragg, quote, a degenerate psychopath. He also said the DA's office is, quote, a Gestapo going after him. And this is Joe Scarborough on MSNBC responding to some of the comments from President Trump. The former president continues to hammer away at the DA in increasingly personal terms. Just since we've been on the air, he posted on his social media platform calling DA Alvin Bragg a Soros-backed animal on Truth Social. Wow. Wow. Wow, An animal. Really? Animal. Okay. Wow. And this is Garrett Hake. Thanks. Wow. Joe. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> even even for him. I mean, he's just going full Nazi here, full fascist. You're doing the whole Jewish international banker thing and wow. and and dehumanizing him as an animal, calling him an animal. Yeah, that's right. Out that's of the, ugly. It's right out of the playbook. That, it's all been ugly. Uh, yeah, that's really that's really ugly. Yeah, uh, maybe it's not nice verbiage, but it's okay for the guy to be going after him on a crime that he never would prosecute anybody else if their last name wasn't Trump. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert in Philly. Uh, Robert, your thoughts on line one. What do you think? Uh, before I get to that, I just wanted to tell Teddy that when people say protest and and violence, we think of the summer of 2020 when liberal activists Antifa and BLM burned down cities and injured thousands and killed dozens, not January 6th, which was a three-hour dust-up. I mean, get it right, Teddy, man. God, just get, try to, a little perspective, you know what I mean? But I don't think there's going to be an indictment here, and I don't think there's going to be an indictment anywhere in any of these cases. All they're going to do is every time something looks bad for Trump, I mean for Biden, or the congressional hearings come up with something juicy, they're going to throw out another indictment, and I'm hopeful that we won't fall victim to it and talk about it for seven days straight for a nothing case. Because there's serious things going on in this country, and all of the bang they got for their buck with their January 6th hearings, we're not getting any bang for our buck. These hearings are explosive, and nobody's talking about it. It's not even going to be a factor, and there won't be any retribution for COVID or the laptop because we keep playing these stupid games that the left wings left-wingers put out there. Although, and I'm not you know, about you, Rita, because I love you. And, but, I, and by uh, the way, Robert, I love you, and you know that. Um, You know, I want to ask you, you, you bring up a great point of it, sort of like the shiny object over here to sort of deflect, and I think that that's part of it. But I just think they can't stand him. And I think there are people like Alvin Bragg who think, you know, Trump should be locked up, should get the, you know, locked up, throw away the key. You know, that's his attitude. Um. And yet, on the other hand, you can't start creating these bogus cases. There also needs to be some repercussion. I mean, obviously, the result is justice and fair justice for everybody. But you can't have a DA who's just randomly putting out cases that have no merit. Don't you agree real quick, Robert? 
Absolutely, I agree. Don't play our game. Stay. Keep our eyes on the prize. To hell with these people. Have a great weekend, Rita. You too, my friend. And we're everybody, we're going to continue with your calls after the break. Stay focused and stay calm. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement, a really powerful story coming from New York City where video caught the dramatic moment of a daring NYPD officer climbing down a skyscraper to save the life of a man threatening to take his own life. Detective James Tubin of the NYPD Elite Emergency Service Unit said, quote, I was able to guide him into the window where my teammates were able to take him into custody. But the detective can be seen also, by the way, on video. He was rappelling down one flight from the 32nd floor, and he then kicks at the man in distress and pushes him back as another yanks him through into the 31st floor apartment window to safety. The detective said, we intervened with that man in crisis, tried to speak with him, tried to talk him out of it. Sometimes these individuals comply, sometimes they don't, and they often need a little bit more pushing. Let's just say that's what happened here. The FBI was serving a warrant for his arrest in a white-collar crime, and that's when police said that the 35-year-old threatened to jump to his death. And the detective also said that he felt he had to do something quickly, that it was clearly an emergency situation. Well, the chief of the department of the NYPD said, quote, I had an opportunity to go into the room and I was watching my men and women as they worked and did what they did today, and it was beyond brave. The emergency services unit made a decision that he would not die today. What a powerful statement, and bravo to our great men and women in blue, who do such extraordinary work every single day. Well, we are talking, of course, about President Trump, who clearly is getting frustrated. He is ratcheting up the comments against Alvin Bragg and also the whole DA's office and basically saying that justice is being weaponized in New York with this case of the grand jury. So far, we're waiting to see what is the grand jury going to do. They took two days of pause. Everybody thought they might come back on Wednesday. They didn't. Then Thursday, they didn't. All of that after Bob Costello, who we had on the show, where he talked about how he thought his testimony really discredited Michael Cohen, the key witness in the case for Alvin Bragg. And a lot of people think that the DA is trying to figure it out now where to go next or maybe just didn't want to do it last week because clearly Donald Trump said it's going to happen. Remember on Tuesday, So as soon as he said that, I was like, it ain't going to happen on Tuesday. You and I all knew that. There was no way that Alvin Bragg, even if he wanted to arrest Donald Trump on Tuesday and have that indictment come down, there was no way he was even going to allow that to remotely happen. At that point, he was like, heck no. I'm going to have it either uh, before or well after. It's not going to be Donald Trump who puts out that announcement. But George Papadopoulos, who, of course, worked for President Trump, said this about the case overall. President has himself dealt with these series of witch hunts since the day he walked down 
that elevator in 2015 from the Mueller witch hunt, impeachment 1.0, 2.0, the January 6th uh, sham investigation that ended in a complete uh, debacle for the Democrats. And he's remained resolute and uh, Teflon-like. And moving forward now, when you have uh, this uh, activist DA pushing this narrative that the uh, president uh, was involved in illegal activity, a Florida resident now, by the way, uh, it's completely collapsing because it's absolutely baseless. We went from handcuffs, like you mentioned, or imminence, to now Bragg himself potentially facing an ethics complaint, withholding exculpatory evidence, according to Attorney Costello, and this new letter by Stormy Daniels, which came out just a couple days ago, in which she said there was never an affair. So this whole thing is a sham. It's a debacle. It really showcases how politicized the Department of Justice and activist DAs are, and it's going to fall face flat for the Democrats once again. And I agree. I think it is going to fall face flat. Well, by the way, take a listen to this. So tomorrow, President Trump is doing a rally in Waco, Texas. I can't wait to hear what he says on the stage. You know, it's going to be like like a verbal uh, sling fest, so to speak. And it is supposed to be a packed rally. Turns out it is the same day of the Waco anniversary that they're celebrating, or at least that's the day that the city there is marking the 30th anniversary of what happened at Waco. Remember the Branch Davidian, all that stuff? So some of the headlines I just saw just a few minutes ago on CNN, Trump goes to Waco as they celebrate the anniversary, basically like it's Trump planning to be there on the date of the anniversary, questioning if it's not a coincidence. I mean, is there anybody out there who thinks, okay, Trump is going because he wants to go on the day that the Branch Davidian compound burned down? Obviously, it's not the best planning for his team. I don't think they should have been there on the same time. But are you kidding me that like Donald Trump was planning to be there because what? He likes uh, David Koresh or something. I mean, these people are nuts. Look at what they're trying to like tie him to. It's like, OK, this is plan. He's going to be there. Here's the headline from CNN just a second ago. Trump to hold rally in Waco coinciding with anniversary. Trump says it's coincidence. But critics question the symbolism. Like he's there, what, to celebrate David Koresh? Give me a break. Well, if you think it stops there, listen to Hakeem Jeffries. He is the House Minority Leader for the Democrats. And he just says all of this is Trump's fault. Nothing to do with Bragg. Take a listen. It's also very unfortunate that the extreme MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives continue to back President Trump and his reckless and his violent and his hateful and his disgusting rhetoric. So where does this go from here? And give me a break that he's like, what, planning to be there? What, to honor David Koresh or something with the Waco anniversary? Obviously not the best timing. His people should have said, maybe we should go the following weekend. But I don't think like Donald Trump thought, hey, this is the perfect time to go. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan. Line one. Stan, your thoughts. As I said yesterday, I'm not thrilled about this cake case. And uh, but the idiot the jerk that he is and he constantly gives me so much to talk who, who are you talking about donnie dummy he opens his mouth he takes a picture online with a baseball bat that he's going to hit this guy then he calls him names and then of course the letter comes to bragg's office 
threatening to kill him because of what he said. So let's get real here. I don't think. And, wait, and, and by the way, hold on, Stan. No, no, no. Hold on, Stan. You're getting a little heated on a Friday night, all right? So listen, I agree with you that I don't like the image. I don't think that was a good thing to put the baseball bat photo. And I think some of the comments clearly are inflammatory. Um, and obviously tensions are riding high, and that's not a good thing. I, I 1,000% agree with you. But I also agree with you, Stan, that there's not that much of this case. I'm glad you that. see that. Yes, I, I, that's I what. That. So, Stan, but, come on. I mean, what is he supposed to say? He's hey, cut. hold on. Stan, hold on a second. Boy, you really are like you're on some some strong stuff tonight. But here's the point. You can't have somebody say, oh, well, I'll just be – you know, uh, they'll just ring me through the ringer. I'll have to spend millions of dollars. No problem. It's just because, you know, my last name's Trump and I'm just going to be brought down in my family and it's going to really detract from me trying to run from president. And oh, well, no, no big deal. I mean, how would you like it if it was happening to you, Stan? You wouldn't like it. Well, I'm not running for president, so that's. And by the way, Stan, maybe you should. You got some good opinions there sometimes. We got one hell of a team. But there you go. Wait a minute now. Here's the point. Okay. Why did he open his mouth? Then he said he's a megnomaniac. Then this, he gets people to go crazy like he did in January 6th. He's the same guy. Nothing is changed. Now, I don't think this can, Again, he wants to be a martyr. Okay, you could be a martyr for the short, short term. But I'm waiting for him to become a, a convict because that's what he's going to become when the other cases come. This case is going away. I have to say. So, Stan, still, why bring the case then? Let me just, let I, me, let's know, just focus on that. Why. Come on. I, all right. Here's the reason. The only reason he can't win if, if there's nothing, he's going to look like a fool. So he has, Rita, think for a second. He has to have something that is so overpowering. I don't think. I don't think he does. So Dan. Is he a, is he a suicide pilot? You, I mean, you're talking he, about Bragg. You're talking yeah, about yes. Is I he don't, a suicide pilot? No, I don't know. I think he is overly politically ambitious. I think he wanted to go down in history as the guy who hopefully maybe got an indictment against Trump. He's hoping at least he can get it to an indictment. Now, listen, and obviously I know you know this, Dan, but for folks listening, there's a lot of phases here. You get the indictment. Um, then it has to go to if it goes to trial, then that's where a conviction could come in. So I don't think there'd ever be a conviction. Uh, but I think he wants to go down in history as the guy who went after Trump, even if it's a bogus charge. And maybe he's thinking it's a New York grand jury and maybe they'll not know that there's two sides to the story. And because of all of that, uh, I think he's he's just willing to throw it all out there. And I think he just doesn't like Trump. And again, that is not why you go after somebody, Stan. And I'm glad you agree with that. And you can't just decide, well, this case isn't good. So what's what the heck? If it happened to you, you would be furious, too. I'm not saying you would be calling for people to, you know, calling somebody an animal or doing these other things. But you'd be pretty angry. Right, Stan? Uh, and look, as far as I'm concerned, this case is both. It's going to be in the next. First of all, as you said, it may go six months or longer. So the feds and the DOJ and the other uh, people looking to do their cases have to wait. I think it's going to uh, go bust. And uh, I think the federal are going to start moving ahead with that. And they're already doing. They're already calling uh, his associates uh, related to uh, January 6th and so forth. So they're moving ahead. But I think you're right. I think this case is bogus. I think it'll go in flames. Yeah, I do, too. He should shut his mouth, Rita. He should shut his mouth. Even you said. He should close his mouth and let it happen. I agree. Because the case, I think, on its merits are so bad. uh, It seems almost unanimous opinion. Everybody except for Alvin Bragg seems to think it. And I think he should just sit tight 
and just let the case fall apart. Uh, and that would be the best thing. I 1000% agree. I understand people being angry, uh, but I agree. I don't like the, the image with a baseball bat and some of these other things are just people are already riled up and already furious and understandably so because you want justice to be fair, but it's got to become 1000%. Stan, thank you. Have a great weekend. Let's go to Tony, line four. Tony, your thoughts. Hi. Thank you, Rita, for being on this. Trump ride with me because before I had you, I was always like going up and down with what he was doing. But putting all his shenanigans aside, this is a serious matter because as we talked about the other night, he's president and it's just egregious that they would even do this and waste everybody's time. But when the jury was suspended, you know, I watched trials and I thought that was interesting because it really is something they don't like to do because the jury loses momentum. Did you think about that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If I were brag, although I think the problem is, Tony, if you feel like you got an indictment in your hand, uh, which I think he probably thought he had before Bob Costello, I think he would have hurried it and rushed it to a vote. But if he felt there was a bump in the road, which is why I think he did feel like uh, Bob Costello created some problems for him in terms of the credibility of Michael Cohen, which seems to be a lot of credibility questions. But I think because of that, that's why I think, Tony, that he he felt it was OK to lose the momentum, because I think if he had gone to a vote, remember, he goes in right Monday is when Bob Costello goes in. Right. So he goes in. Um, and if they had put it to a vote, say, on the Wednesday, which was the next sort of meeting date, if you will, that would have been it might have he might not have gotten the indictment that he's trying to get that Bragg's trying to get. So that's why I think he was willing to lose that momentum because the momentum was not on his side. Tony, your reaction. Well, you know, I've been watching a lot of the trials, and I know that is the worst thing you can do is to hold up the jury. Yeah, so although although I you think... do it, you do it when you think your case is not doing as well as it should, too. Because then I think right. he's trying to get a Hail Mary now. I think he's trying to bring in, there's word he might be trying to bring in Michael Cohen again, which that is, I don't think that's a Hail Mary. That's a hell, that's a heck no, right? That's a different one. But I think he wants to try to bring in somebody. Maybe he's trying to go through and see, God, who can I get to refute it? And maybe he hasn't found the person yet and he's trying to find him. Um, or maybe there's some sort of other layer that's going on. But I think he's going to try to either try to put a little distance so maybe they don't remember the Bob Cohen or bring in somebody else. And then maybe and maybe they won't think about asking for all the emails that Bob Cohen, he says he has in writing. They got to ask for it. They can't hand it over, by the way, um, just on their own. They have to specifically the jury has to specifically say, you know, that guy, Bob Cohen, was asking for that information. Can we see it? And then they're obligated to give it to him. But if the, the grand jury doesn't ask, they're not going to get it. So maybe they're hoping, hey, maybe they'll go away. They'll have a nice weekend with their family. They'll forget to ask for certain things. Maybe we can bring in some other witness. And then uh, Costello won't seem so fresh in their mind. That's what I think part of the strategy is. Because I still think he's going full steam ahead. What do you think, Tone? Well, I think, I wonder if he's doing this because he thinks he has his party's backing. Or if he's just that rogue person that no matter what they're saying. I wonder if they're putting the brakes on him and motivating him, meaning his party, his state, his his city. Um, and sometimes when I see how they operate in the Judiciary Committee meetings, they're pretty aggressive and very, very aggressive. Like, they don't worry about anything that they say or do when they address the, the Jim Jordan. They're very aggressive, the Democrats. 
So I'm I'm thinking he's being led by them, although only history will tell when he tells his story and writes his book. I think they're leading him. Tony, I don't think there's any way they're not leading him, but I think he's also a happy warrior to go along with it. Like, I don't think I don't think he's fighting them. It's not like, oh, I don't think I don't think the word I don't think it's a good idea. That phrase came out of his mouth. You know, I think he maybe they are clearly pushing him or at least happy he's doing it uh, and kind of going, hey, just if it would be really great if you and he probably said, heck, yeah, you kidding me? I think he probably was jumping up and down. Uh, when he got the go ahead from somebody and they're clearly not stopping him, Tony. I mean, there, there is definitely, there is no way in heck that he just suddenly on his own. Um, and I think you hit it on the head by saying that there is zero chance in my mind that he would just have some epiphany and say, well, today I'm going to go after Trump. I'm not going to tell anybody at the White House. I'm not going to tell anybody at the Democratic National Committee. I'm not going to tell anybody. I just feel like doing it on my own. There is no way. So clearly there is some orchestration, and I hope we find out the real story behind it. But he is going to pay, I think, a dear price because people are looking at this going, what are you kidding me? And how stupid or ill-prepared is he? If Bob Costello really ruined it for him or sort of sent a monkey wrench into the case, he clearly had to know that Bob Costello and probably others have things that refute Michael Cohen. It's not like Michael Cohen is Mother Teresa. I mean, there's no question about that one. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take more of your calls after the break, everybody. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Right in the middle of a good dream Like all at once I wake up From something that keeps knocking at my brain Before I go insane I hold my pillow to my head And spring up in my bed How perfect is this? This is my song to Stan and Ted This morning I woke up with this feeling you know, the hardest thing for me is to decide, does this go to Stan or does this go to Ted? I love them both so equally. They're always actually, they were kind of calm. Here we go. Here it is. Here it is. It's Friday night. Well, it's definitely not the song that Trump is singing to Alvin Bragg tonight. What do you think is happening with the grand jury next week, guys? 1-800-848-9222. You can never go wrong with a little throwback to the Partridge family with David Cassidy and the whole gang. Who could forget that? What are your thoughts of where this is going? Let's go to Dom. I think Dom from Minnesota used to watch the Partridge family. What do you think, Dom? You know, Rita, Alan Bragg, this is a nice tune. I loved it. I used to listen to it. Yeah, I did, too. I had heard it. It brought back memories, Dom. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Alan Bragg is not going to give up because he's gunning for bigger office, and so is Trump. So this should be a great boxing match as long as it lasts, especially when Professor Hillary is getting ready to teach foreign policy at Columbia. That should be a clash of the titans. So this is, this is for Teddy and Stan. This is for you, my WABC brothers. I do condemn talk about violence as long as you guys condemn in-your-face Maxine Waters and Supreme Court basher Chuck Schumer. So let's let the games begin. You know, 
You, you know, hey, by the way, by it. the way, Dom, you bring up a yes. very important issue because and I've, I've talked about this. I know you and I've talked about this before. Here it is. You know, uh, you think about the, quote, summer of love and some of the problems with all the protests and many of the ones that got out of hand. Um, yes. and, and the Maxine Waters, you get in their face, you tell them they're not welcome, the screaming. Um, and some of the comments that were coming out of a lot of these people, um, it was so offensive and so dangerous. And there were a lot of lives lost during that summer and during other times, by the way, obviously, as you know. Um, and you're right. A lot of these people, they were nowhere to be found. They were never condemning it. But yet, if Trump says something, oh, it's terrible. And you're right. It has to be equal. Violence is not acceptable. That kind of rhetoric is not acceptable. But you can't just have it for one side. Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, you know, black lives do matter. But I want to go on record in saying all lives do matter. So, you know, Teddy, I hope you realize that you and I are kind of people this country needs. People who fight for what we believe in, but with civil disagreement. And Rita is the angel that makes this happen in their First Amendment Coliseum. How's that? <laughs> I like being, so, that's kind of like the gladiator coming out, right? Like yeah, Russell Crowe coming out. Let's go there. So, Mr. Teddy Marcus Aurelius, <laughs> we who are about to die salute you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good movie, but, by the way. That definitely was. Yeah. Dom, thank yeah, you. But, we love you, yeah. Dom. Thank you very much. We always love your calls. Let's go to Norm. Line four. Norm, uh, what do you think? I thought Gladiator was a good one. Gladiator was a good one. One of my favorite movies. Anyway, um, I uh, old Bragg's not going to stop. He's going to keep going. I don't think it's. Go- I mean, I don't think it's going to go anywhere with this indictment. I think you know they might get it, but I don't think you know. I think in the end, uh, the case is flimsy. But that's not my prime reason for calling. Um, I must make rebuttal uh, to Stan. Um, I don't ordinarily do this, but uh, uh, for Stan insulting my friend Jacqueline, uh, you can't carry the sweat socks of my articulate and intelligent friend Jacqueline. And at least she and I have not been banned from the Dominic Carter show. And, uh, you know, and also um, other talk shows, Plain and simple, hang up on Stan. And, and so, by the way, by the way, for the record, uh, Dom, of course, is a host on WABC, and I adore Dom is one of the nicest people ever. So if you know if you get under Dom's skin, that's a rarity. <laughs> correct. Uh, so you know, at least uh, at least uh, Jacqueline is appreciated on um, by uh, all the wonderful hosts of WABC. And and so, and by the uh, way, I love Jacqueline too. She's fantastic, Norm. Since you had a couple other points, which you always do, stay with us. We got to go to a break. We're going to continue with our calls and continue with you, Norm. So stay with us. By the way, for the record, if I remember, uh, Stan couldn't remember her name. He was like Jennifer. Da, 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 da. So uh, Stan, get the name right if you're going to insult somebody. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And things are not just a mess domestically. They are also a huge mess internationally. Later on on the Rita Cosby Show tonight, we're going to talk about the fact that Iran seems to be taking advantage of what I think is a very, very weak president. 
And clearly, there's a lot of bad actors around the world that are seeing a president that doesn't seem to be taking control of foreign policy, doesn't seem to be adhering to his own red lines, and they're just taking advantage of the situation. One of the big things, of course, was this Iranian strike. There's been a back and forth between U.S. and Iran strikes, and there was one that took place in Syria. It killed a U.S. A contractor, basically a civilian contractor who was helping the military. That base is there to protect ISIS. And so this comes out, they kill an American, and you would think the logical response, can you imagine if it was President Trump or even some of the other Democrats? They would have come out, like, and I'm talking about, like, aside from Biden, because obviously Trump is not a Democrat, but if you look at, like, even a Clinton or some of the others, they would be like, how dare you attack an American? Uh, Iran, You cannot be doing this. Well, it turns out our own air defense system wasn't fully operational. So the strike was able to go through. And then to add insult to injury, John Kirby, he's a spokesperson there. Uh, He used to be with the Pentagon. Now he is out the White House. And he basically said, well, you know what? Oh, we don't want to have any trouble with Iran. Please don't hurt us. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of John Kirby and his reaction and boy, was he a softballer. Iranian proxies have attacked um, U.S. forces about 78 times yeah. with these unmanned aerial vehicles. That was since 2021. That's according to the Pentagon. So the question is, how do you stop it from happening again? I'm talking preemptively. I don't mean retaliating for a strike when, when they strike us, but preemptively, John. Yeah. And I, appreciate the que- I appreciate the question. Look, uh, we, uh, we're not seeking a conflict with Iran. I said um, we've been very clear uh, with the Iranians uh, and with our partners about how serious we are, the mission that we're doing in Syria is and how much we're going to protect uh, that mission. Uh, uh, Iran should not be involved in supporting these attacks uh, on uh, on our facilities or on our people. We've made that very, very clear. Uh, we're going to continue to, to be vigilant, to monitor this as best we can. Does that sound like the leader of the free world's representative? Does that sound like somebody from America saying, don't mess with the USA? It sounds like a wimp. And he is clearly taking cues from President Biden. You know, and it's like, wait a minute, that's the way that you express U.S. leadership? No wonder, sadly, so many of these bad actors are taking advantage of this moment. And that is an enormous, enormous concern. We're going to talk about that later on in the hour, because as these things are happening, Alvin Bragg is spending tons of taxpayer dollars focused on Orange Man bad, and I will try to indict Orange Man. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Alvin Bragg may as early as Monday, because the grand jury's supposed to convene on Monday. We'll see if it does. But it certainly looks like they will probably meet one day next week and do something. The question is, where are they headed? Uh, I still think Bragg is going to try to do whatever he can because he is desperate right now to keep it going. And also politically, given all the dynamics, I don't know how he turns around. I don't know how he turns this around. It's a, it's a loser of a case, uh, but he is in the throes of it. And I don't know how he turns back and try to save space. I'm talking about from a political, obviously, ethically, I think he should. There's zero question in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind that absolutely he should do that. Will he? Ah, 
I don't think so. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go back to Norm. Norm, sorry, we had to break before, but go ahead, my friend. No worries. Um, I think, that, of course, Alvin Bragg is not going to stop. He's fully committed to this. He... Uh, you know, he wants to be the one, the man who indicted Trump, and he's not going to stop on this. And um, concerning Trump and what he said, as long as I'm going off on Stan, I might as well go off on Teddy because he keeps evoking my name and Phil and BJ and all that. Um, I love what Trump said, and uh, I don't have any problem with it. It's amusing. And uh, uh Protest has always been peaceful, um, even mostly what happened on January 6th. I was there. I was part of peaceful protest on January 6th, and I'm, I'll be part of uh, peaceful protest even tomorrow at the Pro-Life March at 11 o'clock at Foley Square. Anyway, but uh, you are you um, are now. But let me just ask you a question because you have obviously been to, you know, a number of peaceful protests and you've talked about being there January 6th and that. You know, what you were doing was obviously peaceful, as obviously yes. most of the people were. Um, yes. But let me ask you, do you think, though, Norm, you know, I think the case is so weak that it would behoove Trump. He doesn't need to say anything because the case, mm. I think, is, is such a loser of a case or at least to say I, it, it's clearly political. It's clearly that. Um, but maybe he doesn't need to. I, I think. I think it does certainly inflame things when people are frustrated, people are nervous, people are angry, and you don't want some crazy person, uh, you know, people are, it's like a tinderbox out there, and it certainly inflames Mm -hmm. the things. He doesn't need to say that. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. people would potentially do peaceful protests, but you don't want to rile up the crowd. And just like you said, then they're going to go, oh, see, see, it was him, even if, and probably, they probably would say it anyway, even if he didn't say anything. Anyway, Rita. They're going to they're going to say it anyway. Um, the media is itching for violence. I saw that even on Monday at that little rally in front of Bragg's offices. Every every media outlet that that interviewed me said, is there going to be violence? Is there going to be violence? Will the, when will the violence start? And I'm like, we're having a good time of us here. We're all laughing and smiling. We even got along with Antifa. I mean, even Antifa and I, we, there was no violence even between, even between Antifa and us. And, and so, you know, it's, it's the media. They, they, they want it. They want to they wanna show. Um, well, whether, and, and by, the way, not, by the way, I'm really happy to hear you say that, too, because um, I'm happy to hear that, that things were a lot more peaceful than it was led on. And you're right. It's important to tell the fair story. No question, Norm. Um, Norm, you're terrific, and you keep us posted, and thank you for waiting on the phone, too, over the break. You're great. Let's go to Jared uh, on line three. Jared, your thoughts? Hey, um, Rita, listen, uh, Norm thinks that uh, January 6th was mostly peaceful. That's up to him. Okay. Well, and by the, and hang on a second. Hang on, because Norm's not here. So, Norm, there were a lot of people out there that were peaceful. Yeah, we saw video of people okay, being violent. People, people I, hang on. Were... Hang on a second, Jared. Jared, I'm not going to debate the facts. What I will say to you is there were, yes, there were people who clearly got out of hand and uh, were pushing police or other things. Those people should, I absolutely agree, uh, be charged. And I think Norm would say that, too. But his perspective, as were a lot of people, it was not out of hand where he was, and it was peaceful where he was. So, you know, everybody has different experiences. I want to defend Norm. You go, Jared. Go ahead. No, that's all right. At the end of the day, 
somebody got killed. Lots of yeah, you're right, injured. Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt was killed, and and the cop so anyway, who that killed wasn't her. Really, the purpose of my question. My question. No, is, but that's the fact. Think- Hang on a second, Jared. You know, the only person who was killed on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt, who was an unarmed former veteran who was there. But go ahead. She shouldn't have been there. That's obvious. But anyway, we're not going to argue the point. I think it's. I think it's uh, not really what I had in mind. What I had in mind was we don't know how this Bragg case is going to end up. Every, most people think that he doesn't have a case, okay? It's possible. There's lots of upsets in this world. Maybe he'll get a conviction. I'd like to know, what will you tell your listeners if he gets a conviction? Will you suggest to them that they go to the polls the next time and vote Bragg out and respect the decision of the legal system? Or will you use the word but and give excuses and let them slide people slide through thinking that there was an injustice done here and so and they should protest and you know well no. no that's a great point okay so here's here's what i would do first off you said uh, it would be an upset i don't think it would be an upset i think based on what we've heard jared it would be justice if it gets thrown out just because it seems ridiculous and the reason i say that jared hold on hold on jared hold on a second the reason i say that if the name was was Biden right now, and if it was like, we're going to go after President Biden or President Obama or President Clinton over this issue of a business accounting, that just the case as we know the facts, and I think we pretty much know 99% of the facts, if that's the case, and I say if because maybe there's something else out there that we just haven't heard, but what we have seen so far looks like a really thin case. And that's not just Rita Cosby speaking. That is also almost every single person I have seen has said that. And I'm talking liberal people. I'm talking people on all walks of uh, of life have said that. Liberal legal experts and others who are diehard Democrats are like, well, this is a thin case. This is that. Um, so that's why I say I don't think this is an appropriate case to be going after President Trump for. I think it's a ridiculous case, and they wouldn't go after him if his last name wasn't Trump. It's because they hate him that they're going after him, and justice should be blind. So that's my point on that. If they do get a conviction, and and Jared, they very well still may get a conviction, just because the, the standard in a grand jury is so low, the bar is so low, to get an indictment in a grand jury. And 99% of the evidence, so it seems in this case, is all coming from the prosecution. And a lot of times it's 100%. That's why they use the phrase, you can indict a ham sandwich, because you really could. And in New York, you can indict something that doesn't even have ham in it. You could just do bread. I'm telling you, because they, they, and especially Trump, you say the name Trump, you don't even have to present evidence. They'll be like, guilty, guilty. We don't even need to hear any evidence. I I mean, so I'm just saying that is sadly, that is the facts and that's a sad testament, but that is the reality to the demographic in New York in terms of how many more Democrats there are than Republicans. And so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I actually think more likely than not, he will be at least indicted. I don't think a conviction though. So there's two issues here. So at first the grand jury decides on the indictment, then it goes to a trial. I think at the end of the day, I would be stunned. But maybe there's some other evidence, you know, evidence we haven't heard. But on the face of it, it looks like a tremendous injustice. But I still think it's probably going to get to the point where it's an indictment. And who knows where it goes? Maybe it gets lost. You know, election season goes in full swing and who knows where it goes. 
But uh, what will you say if, on the flip side, if either he doesn't get indicted or if he they find him not guilty? What are you going to say at that point, Jared? I'm going to say the system worked the way it should work. All right. All right. That's a fair enough. And what are you going to say? And what are you going to say if he gets indicted and if he gets convicted? Well, we'll see what the evidence is. There's a long time till that happens. The evidence, you're not on the jury. If the jury comes back and said he's guilty as charged, what are you going to tell your listeners? I would tell them, first of all, I would not tell them to go out and protest. And I, I, I think you have me wrong on that one. I would certainly not. I've, I've continued to say that tonight for everybody to be calm and go to the voting booth and be peaceful and make appropriate decisions, but not protest. I've been very clear on that. So that's the one point, Jared, you got totally wrong. The other one, if he gets convicted, if it's based on the facts I see now, it was a politically charged case. I'm I'm happy to stand by it unless there's something else. I mean, who knows what arises? I think if it goes to a trial, it's a long ways off. And who knows what comes up? Uh, Who knows where this goes? But on what I'm seeing now, it is completely politically charged. And I would say that if their last name was Biden or Clinton or Trump. And if you cared about justice, you would say the same thing. Jared, thank you, though. Great questions. Really interesting. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. So uh, this is TV show night that is uh, from the Rockford Files. So this is bringing back memories, you guys. We got the Partridge family. We got the Rockford Files. I can't wait to see what happens on the next break. I'm on pins and needles. I love some good uh, memories. Well, we are hearing now from President Trump in the last little bit. He has commented tonight and basically said that this is so over the top what Alvin Bragg is doing. By the way, tomorrow also, Trump is going to be doing that rally in Waco. Uh, I can't wait to see what he says on the stage. You know, he always goes off script. Even if there's like a script, he says like one word. He's opposite of Biden. Biden like reads everything. Hi, I should sit down now, take a bathroom break, right? That's Biden. Meanwhile, Trump is like throwing like verbiage left and right, like reads one word on the script. So, you know, that that is going to happen tomorrow at the first, basically, this is the first rally since all this stuff has been bubbling up with the New York grand jury. And here's just a little bit ago where Trump said this about the case. Fact is, I did nothing wrong at all, nothing at all. And, uh, you know, I'm hearing the same thing. And uh, Robert went in, who I don't really know other than he's a highly respected lawyer, very, very respected. And he went in, he was in there for a few hours and uh, he was, uh, I guess, Cohn was a client of his, and he said this was all just the opposite. And then on top of it, he had another lawyer write a letter to the FEC, and that letter was uh, devastating for him. It, I mean, everything he said was a lie. He should be indicted for lying. Uh, so, uh, no, I think we're doing very well, and uh, we did nothing wrong. They have absolutely no evidence, but it's not even a question of evidence. We did nothing wrong, Ab- absolutely nothing. There's no uh, misdemeanor. There was no anything. Everything that we did was 100 percent right. So Trump maintaining did nothing wrong. 
And he took a couple more swipes also at Alvin Bragg, basically said it is a weaponized process. Yet he is also sort of standing by wondering what's going to happen next week because an indictment could come as early as Monday. Uh, We were just talking uh, with my buddy there from Connecticut who called in and he thinks, oh, well, maybe there'll be a conviction. Maybe he's sort of this orange man bad. God, you know, don't you think he deserves this? Don't you think the process worked? I don't think the process worked based on what we're seeing here. It looks like a fabricated scheme to get rid of the front runner from the Republican Party. And if they were doing it to Joe Biden, I would say the same thing. It's outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert, line six. Where do you think this is headed, Robert? I believe there'll be no indictment. And when that happens... Dan and Teddy better have an ambulance on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, by the, by the way, although I will also defend Stan and Teddy tonight um, because both of them actually thought this case was thin. For the first time, uh, they got off their orange man bad syndrome and basically said that this case looks really weak, that this really isn't a case to go after Trump on. So it's that bad that even Stan and Teddy, uh, for once, are agreeing with us on this. I mean, that you know it's got to be a really bad case if they're going there, Robert. Yes, Norm is a good student of history, too. Yes, he is. I love Norm. Robert, thank you. You're terrific, and have a great weekend. Let's go to Sandy in Seattle, Line 8. Sandy, your thoughts? Oh, yeah, Rita. You know, this whole thing is based on hate. That Alvin Bragg, he ran for his job saying, I'm going to get Trump. I'm going to get Trump. He's hell-bent to get Trump. It's just a personal hatred thing. And I think, now, does he work under a boss or anybody over him other than the president of the United States ought to come to Alvin Bragg and say, look, you are busting you're busting America right in half, and this could turn into an awful thing, and it's keeping America more separate and divided, and you're destroying America And that uh, on this personal hatred thing. And they always said hatred destroys the container it's carried around in it. Alvin Bragg is more than destroyed. So they better uh, – they, they, they should take him aside and say, look at what you're doing. It's a small matter, and yet you're busting this thing wide open. And you're de- going to be destroying America. And if you, anybody loves and respects America, you know, they, they would see this. Yeah, you, and, know, uh, you know, Sandy, uh, I agree. It's going to really create – I mean, we're already so divided, sadly. Um, but I think you're right. It's going to create this enormous schism, I think, even further. And how could it not in a way where people see that, wait a minute, justice isn't fair. Lady justice isn't blind. If your last name's Trump, there's a whole different standard. And this to me is like, this is what happens in like uh, Russia or Cuba, some sort of banana republic, not the greatest country in the world, America. We're going to continue your calls after the break, everyone. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, where we honor our great military and their families, something we love doing every day here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful ceremony taking place at England Air Force Base in Florida where they honored those captured in the Vietnam War and brought back home 50 years ago. The Air Force Armament Museum there in Eglin Eglin Air Force Base hosted a program to honor seven POWs that now call Okaloosa County, Florida home. 
And just to give you a sense, on February 12th, 1973, the first of 591 U.S. prisoners began the trip home with more flights returning until late March. The United States fought, of course, in the Vietnam War for 10 years from 1965 to the fall of Saigon in 1975. And the men honored at the reception in Florida recently continued their service in the U.S. Air Force even after returning home. And how beautiful to see that they are remembered now, 50 years later, after what they endured fighting for our country and defending freedom. And we always love honoring them here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit later on about what's been going on with Iran and Syria. Huge strikes happening within Syria. One at a U.S. base there, which killed an American contractor and injured a whole bunch of other U.S. soldiers. And our president just looks weep. He looks wimpy. And there were reports today that now, like Saudi Arabia and Iran are banding together, China sort of at the helm, sort of filming, you know, pushing this relationship, if you will, filling in the void, the vacuum that I think so many people see in the world, the sort of lack of leadership, if you will. And, of course, this week we saw Xi Jinping, the president of China, meeting with Russia and I did a blockbuster podcast with Gordon Chang. He is the best Asia expert out there. And I asked Gordon this question, basically, how close are China and Russia? Talk about this relationship. But clearly this week, they solidified economic and military ties, which is a huge concern when you think about what's going on with Russia, Ukraine and everything else, to suddenly have that Chinese war machine helping Russia is a scary premise. Listen to what Gordon Chang said. Here's a a little tease of a new podcast that we just put up a couple hours ago. Take a listen. So how deep are the Chinese and Russian ties? They're very deep at this moment. Now, there are a lot of very smart people in Washington and New York, and and indeed around the world, who say that Russia and China will never form an enduring partnership. And I think that they're right, because Moscow and Beijing do have conflicting goals. Um, But that's not the point. We don't really care about the state of Chinese-Russian relations in 2050 or 2060. We care about what these guys are doing now. And right now we see that they are coordinating their policies. And they've been doing that for quite some time, Rita. I mean, we can go back to the Syrian civil war in 2013, for instance, and see China and Russia working together. We know that they are exercising their militaries together, and they've been doing that for quite some time. And, of course, um, we've witnessed the events of this week uh, with the three-day meeting. Remember that this is the 40th in-person chat that Xi Jinping has had with Vladimir Putin. And to put that into context, um, Xi Jinping has had one in-person meeting with President Biden, and that was last November at the G20. Um, So Putin and and Xi Jinping, they, they talk together all the time, not just on the phone, but in person. Scary premise. Gordon Chang knows his stuff. Everybody go and download the podcast. Check it out. It is called Protecting America. And it is a blockbuster one. It's a real great in-depth conversation that I did with Gordon Chang discussing this relationship, what it means to U.S. leadership, what it means to basically a new world order being set up by two of our top adversaries. 
So much powerful information. You definitely don't want to miss it. So go online and take a listen. Go to wherever you download your podcast, Protecting America. And this great one just dropped a couple hours ago. It is fantastic. Gordon knows his stuff. And you will hear some amazing news and information that you won't hear anywhere else. You definitely got to check it out. And we're going to be talking shortly also about the situation in Iran, uh, which is stunning that a U.S. airbase gets hit there. And our president's like, well, it wasn't a really nice thing to do. Boy, what a tepid and lame response. And what a dangerous response, too. We're going to talk about that. It's 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Nine two two two. Meantime, speaking of dangerous, I don't think it's a good idea to go after the former president of the United States if you have a lame case. What are you doing, Alvin Bragg? So he may be going forward starting on Monday. Where do you think this is headed? Do you think it may be an indictment? As I think, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. I don't think it's the right move, but I think Alvin Bragg is in too deep, and he clearly is a political individual, and he clearly wants to go after Trump. Let's go to John on line three. John, your thoughts of what this all means. Uh, Well, Rita, I think this case, the one that's coming up in Georgia, I think there's another one by the DOJ, is all nothing but um, what you call it, flack, you know, we camouflage for uh, Biden's big mistakes in the banking Afghanistan, you name it, every little thing, this thing, these things are going to pop up just to get 20 minutes, 40 minutes burnt off talking about this instead of finding out how we're going to fix the banking situation that uh, Yellen ended up printing so much money with Powell, all these guys, and they all worked under Obama and Clinton originally. They're the ones should be in trouble. You know, that's... A great point that there are so many big issues, uh, and Yellen's like flipping and flopping like a, like, I've never seen somebody flipping and flopping, and that's a scary when it's the Treasury Secretary to be doing that. Um, but you're right, there's some really serious stuff out there on the economic horizon. People are having trouble, you know, getting, uh, you know, reasonable loans at a bank. Uh, I mean, people are frightened about where things are headed. There's lots of layoffs today, too, that we've been hearing about, especially in the tech sector. It's a scary time, and our border is a mess. I mean, there are so many serious issues. And this Iran strike, like what is Iran planning? What are they doing? Uh, they, they're said to be maybe a few months away from getting the nuclear bomb. And yet, you know what? It's like you're right. Alvin Bragg is like, let's go after Trump on a business deal from seven years ago that nobody else would get prosecuted for. So I agree with you. I think maybe it is. Maybe it's part of like a grand strategy. John, thanks so much. Let's go to BJ. BJ, what do you think? Where is this going? Yeah, this is going nowhere. This guy, Bragg, is a loser. While the city and the state fall apart because he's dithering over uh, alleged payments to a hooker, then uh, we're supposed to all stop on our feet and wait for the next page to turn. Give me a break. And as for Itchy and Scratchy, I denounce violence. I don't need wait, to Wait, wait, wait. Who's, who's Itchy and Scratchy? Stan and uh, Teddy, who live – I live rent-free in their head, man. Uh, me, Norm, Dom, Phil, and BJ all have a rent-free suite in Teddy's head. And I laugh when I listen to this. You know, like I was a- going to say, by the way, you know, that's, in New York, that's a good deal because there's nothing rent-free in New York, <laughs> BJ. That's a good thing. <laughs> 
I got to tell you, you know, these guys don't get it. I mean, they just don't get it. Trump has said this as simply as anyone could, could say it. They're not after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way. And the truth is, Rita, is that once they are punishing the people that elected Donald Trump, the citizen candidate who defeated 17 professional lifelong politicians, because how dare we, the people, decide that we want to elect who we want rather than elect who they tell us to elect. And that's why we are being punished by uh, the powers that be. This guy, uh, Bragg, uh, all you need to do is listen to him to understand that uh, he doesn't, he's out of control. He makes no sense. And if you follow the money, you'll find the master. The money leads back to Soros. He's got a big pile of cash, and that's what got him in. And every whacked-out liberal voted for him. And I f- actually feel bad for Stan, and I feel bad for Teddy, because they don't understand how they've been made useful idiots to elect people like that into office and how they've, they've bought it away their freedoms for what they, they think Reagan called uh, 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 just a, a specious security, Okay. The, uh, you know, well, I, well that's by the way, by the way, that's why I was bringing up so much also of all this other stuff that's going on in the world that like yes. there's some really serious stuff going on. And I, I'm always honest with you guys. I've never really been worried about where the world's going right now. And I am worried right now. I'm worried Don't because. Be worried. Yeah. But, but but you know what, BJ, because you're seeing all the things like with Iran, you're seeing China and Russia, this sort of you're seeing this partnership. It seems like China is leading the charge and they don't have our interests at heart, BJ. You know, no, and, they and don't. yeah. And then in the middle of all this, Bragg is spending the money doing this. Why didn't they spend the money? Look, by the way, on the Iran thing. We didn't have apparently an appropriate air defense system. No. So no. why <laughs> spend spend the money that Bragg was used you know, trying to go after Trump right now and use it to our bases. And why do we leave $80 billion worth of equipment behind in Afghanistan? Why don't we give some to our U.S. base in Syria that could have used it? Because uh, the Democrat Party is a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party. They own us lock, stock and barrel. And if you if you've read some of the if you really go in depth and do the uh, read uh, Peter Schweitzer and uh, Miranda Devine, these men have no integrity uh, uh, that are running the country. Uh, in the Democrat Party, they they sold their soul. Donald Trump and uh, he stood up. He didn't have to be president. He stood up. He set aside all his wealth and power, and he said, "I want to serve my country because I'm worried about when I leave what what I'm going to leave behind." Uh, this is what Reagan taught us. Reagan said, "We can. Do, this is our last stand here. This is there's no place to go to. This is freedom's last stand. We're we're either going to defend this country and we're going to stand tall and." Stand damn brave, and we're going to do it in a peaceful fashion, or we're going to be telling our grandchildren what a great country we used to have. And I choose to, I choose to get active. I choose to tell people uh, uh, you know, uh, about conservatism, about a convention of states, how we need term limits, how we need to put caps on spending, because we're all very soft now. Uh, we've elected. We need a guy at the helm like Trump who's not afraid to stand up and protect what what we've we've slaved for all over the, uh, our history. And by the way, what, and by the way, BJ, what we also represent to the world, you know, we represent the leader in the world. Uh, the the ones that are leading the charge, and when you have a soft, 
America, which I don't, I, or soft leadership in America, then guess what? You have a very uncertain world, and that's why it's also important. By the way, speaking of which, BJ, um, with this strike that happened, this is this Iranian strike on a U.S. base, um, and it took out, it sadly killed an American there, injured also some U.S. troops. It was an American contractor and also injured some U.S. troops. So in the middle of all this, we get this stunning revelation that our air defense systems weren't fully operational. What's going with that? Are we like too busy being woke or too busy being busy with uh, the right pronoun where we're not really focused on the air defense systems? Again, use the brag money and send it to an air defense system over on a U.S. base that clearly is vulnerable if you're in Syria. So, so many people have been commenting about this today because Biden and his team basically come out and say, well, we didn't think it was a really good idea. And like that is really going to dissuade bad actors from taking advantage of America. And it comes as China's moving in, as we can see. Russia certainly uh, got the green light when Biden did the minor incursion statement that I think really gave him the green light to go into Ukraine. And so here is what Nikki Haley, who, of course, is running for president now, this is what she had to say about a very tepid Biden and the dangers to the world. Whether it's in Afghanistan, whether you see it in Ukraine, whether you see it on the southern border, you're going to continue to see more of these things happen. I'm glad to see that Biden did strike back. But think about what happened last week. Here you had the Russians. They shot down a U.S. drone. What did Biden do? Nothing. When you do nothing, when you show weakness in any area, they're going to continue to do more. What we should have done with the drone last week is put two drones back up there, put a fighter jet up there to let them know we're not playing, put our naval fleet back in the Black Sea because we never should have pulled it out. We have to start showing American strength. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. We'll continue talking about Trump. But is American leadership weak And is that emboldening bad actors like Iran? And what's scary as heck is Mark Milley, who is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And this is not somebody who's sort of an alarmist by any means. He usually kind of lowballs stuff. The other day on Capitol Hill, he said he believes a nuclear bomb is conceivable in Iran, that they will have a nuclear bomb within months. They will have the materials within a few weeks and then be able to construct it within a few months. That is a frightening premise. And the reaction our president gives to when they take a strike on a U.S. base, and clearly our military technology wasn't up to par, was, oh, that's not a good thing. We look weak and we look silly, and that is downright dangerous. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back. It's the Rita Cosby Show. You can never go wrong with a little bit of Jackson 5 on a Friday night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking about some really serious stuff because now Iran has struck at a U.S. base in Syria. By the way, they said there's like about 900 American troops there. They're there to keep the fight against ISIS and Yet they're obviously in a very vulnerable part of the world. I mean, it is no surprise that they should have top-notch defenses 
And if you're going to send troops there, you better make sure that they are well protected. And it turns out that an American air defense system that was supposed to be there to protect them at the base wasn't fully operational. So the strike came through. And now the response from our government, from the Biden administration, is like, well, it's not a really good idea, and we're going to investigate it further. Yes, Iran did do this. They don't question who was behind it. They said, no, we know that Iran did this, but we're just going to start talking and see where this goes. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine if this happened under President Trump, President Reagan, as somebody was just bringing up? Uh, Even I think, you know, President Clinton. I think even Obama would have said, how dare you? I mean, this is really serious stuff, and they are so close. Although Obama, he was coddling the Iranians, too, a little bit. Uh, But, boy, this is serious stuff because Iran may be very close to getting the nuclear bomb, and that's according to General Mark Milley. And so the question is how weak American leadership is now and what are the repercussions, not just for us, but for the world? Let's go to Stacy, line two in Georgia. Stacy, um, are you concerned as I am? I, absolutely, Rita. Um, it's nice to talk to you again. I called a week ago. I remember. Um, I'm so glad to have you called back, <laughs> Stacy. You're great. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm going to put this a little bit on a smaller scale because my husband and I, you know, we teach self-defense. And um, one of the points that we have is that when you look like a target, you are a target of predators. And essentially, that is on such a larger scale for our country. We look weak. We look like something predators are ready to just dive in for. And honestly, if we don't bomb them first, they are going to bomb us because our president is I, I would say something crass, but he uh, is making us look uh, like just feeble, mindless idiots at this point with our government. I agree. And I agree. And Stacy, I think, uh, first of all, verbally, like today, he like misspoke and said the wrong country. I don't even know if he knows what, what country he's in. That's a whole other issue. Um, and then when they have a chance to respond... It's like an obvious response. And yet the response is like, well, we're going to see what we're going to do. Like you just said, it's like you teach self-defense like you like, you know, like a criminal is going to be like, God, that's the one. There's the sucker we should take advantage of. And sadly, that's what I think they think of this president. And he reflects sadly as the as the top of the country. Um, and I just think I think predators and countries that wish to do America and freedom harm around the world are seizing the moment, and that is a huge concern. Great point, Stacy. Thank you. Let's go to Jerry, line three. Jerry, where do you think this is going? Uh, the reason I think we even have this problem and we're going to have really bad problems is that I don't even think Biden is in control of this White House. I think the people that are in control of this White House and advising him are outright near communist or are communist and actually favor a good relationship with Iran, even if it means selling out uh all our allies. Yeah, but you uh, don't think they want the bomb, do you? I mean, you know, I don't think I that would be beyond treason. No, I think they believe that we can coexist and they can have the bomb since other countries have the bomb. It will just be a balance of power. I think it's a crazy idea. But look at all the crazy ideas they have. This yeah. is just one more crazy idea. Yeah, you're right. That You're right. Crazy begets crazy. I'll give you that one. Let's go to Jacqueline. Line four. Jacqueline, your thoughts. 
Rita, this is just uh, Iran is another cog in the axis of evil between uh, China, Russia, Iran, Iraq, all against the evil enemy of the United States. Um, you know, just really quickly, I'd like to thank both you and Norman for defending my honor. And if I can just <laughs> make one last statement about Bragg. In my opinion, I think he's probably fishing to manufacture a witness, just as was done with the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, with that woman that they had making up all sorts of nonsense and lies about them. And I always enjoy hearing what your intelligent callers have to say, like Norman, Jimmy, BJ, Larry, and Pete. But I feel bad for others, like the guy from Forest Hills and the stuffed animal, who are obviously <laughs> off their psychiatric meds. Jacqueline, that's a good ending. I think you meant Fuzzy Wuddy, Wuzzy Teddy, the stuffed animal. <laughs> good ending, guys.